pray as we open the word. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the fellowship and the songs we've had so far. We ask you to be with us. We thank you for protection. We ask you to bless this time, guide and lead as we get this message in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, 3 John, verse 9. <laughs> Remember, John only has, 3 John only has one chapter. <laughs> I wrote unto the churches, but Diorathus, who loved to have the preeminence among them, received us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he does, prattling against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither does he himself receive the brethren, and forbids them that they would, and cast them out of his church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that do, does evil is of God, but he that does evil hath not seen God. So here we see John continuing. Remember the first part of this chapter, he was commending Gaius for the good job he was doing as a minister. And now he's going to talk about this in, individual uh, whose name is Diorathes. <laughs> I'm probably not going to say that again. Uh, I'll just say the man we're talking about. <laughs> and he says... This man is, the, is leading as a leader in the church. And he says, I wrote to you, but he would not even accept the letter of John. Okay. This guy has an extreme amount of arrogance and pride. He's the type of person that says, if they can't learn from me, they're not going to learn from nobody. And I've already told you, if you ever have a pastor that tells you or a teacher that tells you that, get as far from that teacher as you possibly can. Because whether they're wrong at that moment... They're setting you up for being wrong. And this is where that gentleman is. He goes, if you're not going to learn from me, I'm not going to have anybody else coming in here. And, uh, you know, he wouldn't even accept the apostle. And then he goes on and says, he wouldn't even allow other traveling pastors to come from, you know, missionaries and stuff to come in. And this is something that is a kind of an interesting spot because you don't want traveling missionaries in your church every single week. But if you can't let anybody ever talk in, you know, or teach in a class or speak in the pulpit, then there's a problem that that leader has of having too much pride and arrogance in their own, in their place. And this was this man. This man was so proud that he would not even let John be the speaker there. And we just want to look at the problems with, with this. We're going to walk a lot through the Bible, and you don't all have to turn with me because I've marked them in my Bible where I'm going. Uh, in Proverbs 17, verse 19, it says, as soon as I find my spot, He that loves transgression and loves strife, he it is that exalts at his gate and seeks destruction. Love strife. And this was this man. He loved strife. He sought destruction in the long run. Now, the problem is, usually when you're seeking preeminence and everything, you're not really saying, oh, I'm looking to go down the wrong path. But it is what ends up happening. If you look through church history, you look through different people who have fallen, it usually will start with, I am the greatest thing since sliced bread that's ever hit this church. Everybody needs to learn from me, and they can't learn from anybody else. And what I say may not be directly from God, like the, you know, uh, but it's as close as you're going to get is their attitude. And that leads to destruction. It leads to destruction for them, and it leads to destruction for for you in the long run. In Isaiah chapter 14, we're going to find out that this was Satan's problem as well. In, Satan, in chapter 14, starting in verse 2, 
How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground? You did weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit upon the mount of the congregation on the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Satan's biggest problem was he wasn't happy with what he was given to do. Now we think about this. Satan's job is Lucifer, the archangel, he was in charge of all the angels. And he was not happy with his position. It didn't say he wanted to be above God. If you look at this, you know, a lot of people say he wanted to be above God or replace God. He wanted to sit with God on the, mount, on the holy mountain, on, on the top. He knew his place as far as compared to God, but he wanted to be equal to and what was his deception to Adam and Eve? You needed this fruit, you will be like God. You can fall into the same sin that I fell into, is what he was telling them. He just didn't put the word sin in there. He just said, you'll be like God. That was his fall. And our problem usually is when we think too highly of ourselves, we get into trouble. Inevitably, we will get into trouble. And this is what this individual in 3 John is all about. He is being exalting himself to the point where he won't accept any other teachers he's one of those pastors that says well i i don't need to study from any other commentary or anything because i've got the holy spirit teaching me and i don't need to be taught well i've told you all i get taught a lot i listen to speakers all the time because i want to see things from some other perspective not that i agree fully with every speaker i listen to but every once in a while, I'll, I'll write down something on a piece of paper in my car and say, check this out. Look this over, or, or go back and re-listen to it on the internet, because it, you can only listen to so much on the radio. But you know, we need to be fed. Now, we should all have a teacher that we're learning from. And for this church, hopefully it's me. <laughs> uh, but you know, we need somebody who is our primary teacher, the one that we say, this is the one I'm going to listen to and be taught by primarily. But don't get stuck always listening to the same person. Listen to these guys on the radio. Be willing to listen to. When I was growing up, I was taught one very important thing. Whoever speaking at the pulpit, you'll learn something from them, no matter who it is. You know, some brand new Christian. I can learn something from brand new Christians if I will just take the time to listen to them and see as long as they're being led by the Holy Spirit and speaking about God's word, I'll find something to learn. Will, will I be wowed by much of what's being out there said? My days of being wowed are long over after 40 years of studying God's word. Every once in a while, somebody will say something like, I've never thought about it that way. And that's interesting. But, you know, we're not looking when we're being taught to necessarily be wowed. We're just looking for truth to be taught. And truth changes who we are. And I hear it from people here all the time. You know, you know I used to be able to do this, and now I can't. I've been reading the Bible, and I've been learning this. Uh, you know, my life is changing, and that is the greatest compliment you can give to any teacher is that your life is changing when, as, you're, as you're being taught. Because that's our whole goal in the long run. And I tell people, my job is really easy. All I got to do is teach the Bible. What you do with it is up to you, you're between you and God. My job is just to teach. And then I hear all the reports of how lives are changing, and I love to hear them. I love watching the lives change. This man wouldn't let anybody speak into his life. He wouldn't even let anybody speak to his people. And that's an arrogance that is not a good place. We look at what Jesus had to say in Matthew 23, verse 12. 
and it says, getting in the right, there we go. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall be humbled shall be exalted. Another place he said, if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, you need to be last. <laughs> now, if you try to exalt yourself, God humbles us. Every single time we try to exalt ourselves, God will humble us. That has been interesting more times when I've looked at things and I start thinking about, well, look what I'm getting done. And God says, all of a sudden, things turn around for a period of a couple months and says, well, it's not you. And I'm going, okay, God, got the end. I got it. <laughs> it wasn't me. It is easy to get involved and say, look what I've done. See what I'm doing. Be very careful when you get there because God will pull, it, pull the rug out from under you real quick and show you that it was him. But, you know, how do we do this? How, how, in God's kingdom, he says, I want you to be servants. There's a lot of people who are trying to be, well, look at me. I'm the, I'm the teacher. I'm the pastor. I'm the whatever. You know, I'm the, the deacon, the bishop, whatever title you want to put in under there. You, know, uh, you might even be the servant and start taking pride in being the servant, which God says, no, we're not going to do that. He wants us to serve one another. And, and just care for one another. Treat others the way they need to be treated. And lift them up. When we start doing that in, in the Christian life, it is so important for us. Because that's what we're called to do. Exalt one another. Love one another. Build one another up. And God says, if you're doing that, you're ministering like Jesus. We look at what Jesus did. The only ones he had harsh words for were the self-righteous people who thought they were better than everybody else. When he was dealing with the poor and the, and, the, and the weak, he just lifted them up and said, we've got a plan for you. I came for you. And we need to be able to look at that, you know, and just think about this. If we really saw each other the way God sees us, how would we deal with one another? You know, have you ever caught yourself criticizing somebody? You know, think about this, especially if it's a Christian, especially if it's a Christian, you're criticizing Jesus' bride. How do you think he takes that action? You know, try to criticize somebody in front of their spouse when they're really, really, really in love. You, know, you don't really get away with it. You will, even whether they say it or not, you've irritated them. You dared to criticize my spouse. Even if you only think it. You, know, you might defend them, you might not, but you get irritated if you do that. Imagine how Jesus feels when we, when we criticize somebody that's his bride. You know, we need to think about this. How do we deal with one another? You know, how are we looking to work with one another? If we start really seeing ourselves the way God sees us, we should be able to say, okay, I know that person's not perfect, but God says they are, and I want to treat them better than that. And the one thing I have learned over the years is grace helps people grow. If you come in and you tell somebody how bad they are and they need to change and you just pound on them, it doesn't, it doesn't usually re get good results. But you give grace. That doesn't mean you're not going to tell them what God expects, but you still love them, and you still give them what God is saying, but you love them and you're gentle. I have seen lives change so often by that approach. Yeah. And I've seen churches that get legalistic and people get self-righteous and everybody looks good and they're hypocrites because they can't hold it all, all the time. And then you have grace where God changes lives. And this is what Jesus is saying. Serve one another. Be the least. 
Uh, Proverbs is full of things. You go to a feast, take the lowest seat, and it'd be moved up if you if you're supposed to. But don't go to the top of the, you know, don't go to the dais and then have to be moved when the guest of honor shows up. That's quite an embarrassing thing. It'd be you know to be pi- pulled out from the bottom and pulled up it would be is is not a bad deal. But to be taken from the head table and say, excuse me, this isn't your seat. Yours is, you know. And by the way, now you're late, so you, now you get to go all the way to the back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the Bible is full of all these things. You know, we are not to exalt ourselves. And God will raise us up. And you know, it's a hard thing sometimes when God starts raising you up because then you start, can start getting pride too for that. Be very careful. Stay humble. This man was not humble. Examples of different things in this. We look at Genesis 11. If you don't know what happened in Genesis 11, Nimrod's trying to build a tower to heaven. And God confuses the language and destroys his pride. And Nimrod is the founding father of all false religions. We've talked about that in other Bible studies. Uh, 1 Samuel 15, Absalom rises up against David. And Absalom is David's son. He tries to take the kingdom from David. David runs away. Absalom gets killed for his rebellion. So we look at this. What can happen when we get too rebellious? Huh? Can go to death. Absalom, uh, Nimrod had his kingdom taken away and the people scattered. Uh, we look at um, uh, Matthew 20. We have the mother of John and James saying, you know, will you raise my sons up to sit on your right and left hand? <laughs> went, went over real well with the other disciples. <laughs> Especially when these were, John and the, was the youngest, and James, we think, was one of the younger ones that went over real well with them. Uh, okay, younger guys, you guys are going to be the, you guys are going to be the number one and two. Uh, who do you think you are? And Jesus told them, the first shall be last. And he also told them, you don't even know what you're asking about. Uh, it's been decided by the Father. So we, we look at these things and we say, God, what is it that you're wanting to do for us? He wants us to be humble. Then he goes on and he says, beyond his pride, he says, Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds that he does, prattling against us with malicious words. Now, prattling is a word we don't use too often in our day, but it means idle, empty words, usually with a malicious purpose on it. How many times have you caught yourself in a conversation where you start speaking idle words? Words that you don't even think about. In this guy's case, he's prattling. He's planning these empty, empty words. But I've found myself at times, I'm listening, we're going on a conversation, and all of a sudden it dawns on me, we're talking about things we shouldn't talk about. Sometimes it happens even in the fellowship hall before church, before Sunday school. You know, uh, and I'll say, no, we don't want to go there. I don't stop people, but if it keeps going, I leave. <laughs> you know, because I don't need the empty words, and we don't need to be listening to empty words. And he says, this man is going out giving malicious words against John. Now, we've talked about this in the last one. We want to be careful when we speak about leaders, because God has appointed leaders. Whether they're good leaders or not by our thought process is irrelevant. We look at David when Saul's chasing him all over Israel trying to kill him. And God 
gives David or Satan, whoever you want to say, gives David the chance to kill Saul on several occasions. He says, no, I'm not going to touch God's anointed. He was not going to kill it because kill Saul, even though he had several opportunities because Saul was the appointed king. Now for us, what does that mean? We get the government we deserve. <laughs> and you know, we, we think, oh, we voted them in. Well, I tell you, God is still sovereign. If he wants somebody else in there, he's going to put the person in there no matter what. We get the government God allows to come our way. Paul kept telling the people in the church, honor the, the, the king. Who was he talking about? Caesar Nero. What was Nero doing? Persecuting Christians. You know, he, he liked to put Christians in power and use them to light the... Uh, the chariot races. You know, he was not a nice man. And Paul was saying, honor him. We don't have anywhere near that bad a government yet. <laughs> you know, is there times when we are to disobey the government? Yes, there are times that they tell us to not do what God directly tells us to do, then we can disobey them. And if you've been around, especially not too much on the Sunday mornings, but they've made a big comment is, if you're going to disobey the government, you still get punished by the government. And you have to take that punishment. The disciples were told, don't preach God, don't preach Jesus Christ, and they preached Jesus Christ. And they willingly submitted to the scourgings, the beatings, the being tossed into prison because they disobeyed the government. Just because they disobeyed the government did not you know, to obey God did not release them from the punishment for disobedience. So take it very carefully, because I've heard Christians, well, I disobeyed because I was following God, and, and, I got, and I got punished by the government, and that's not right. Well, it's probably not right, but you decided to do it. Take the whole part of what Scripture teaches. Don't just say, you know, I disobeyed it, I'm going to get off scot-free. If you disobey the government, you're going to pay the price. Now, the government will be judged. Okay, they will face judgment as well for what they do, and it's not our business for that to happen. But be aware, okay? Be aware of this. And this man is coming against John. The other example of somebody coming against leadership, if you remember your Old Testament story, Korah and the Korites decided to rebel against Moses. Now, they had just a really simple thing. The ground opened up and swallowed them. Now, God does not take people opposing his appointed leaders lightly. So be very careful. Be very careful in what you'll say against government officials, uh, family, family leaders, whoever. God does not take it lightly. When he puts somebody in charge, they're accountable to him. And we need to really understand that because we as human beings have a very short time frame. You know, at best, we're looking to the end of our life. And God's saying, um, I've got a white throne judgment coming on, and if I'm going to judge them at the end of time. Everybody will get their punishment eventually. Oftentimes it happens in this lifetime. Maybe longer, the, longer than we wanted it to be. In Psalms, a couple of times David says, you know, why does everybody get away with <laughs> you know, all the bad that they're doing? And he comes to the conclusion finally that they're not going to get away. God is going to bring justice. He's going to bring the justice. And just keep in mind, no matter what somebody does to you, God is going to give them what they deserve. And we want to be able to understand that. Keep that in mind all the time. They will get judged. Quite possibly in this lifetime, but definitely, you know, at the white throne judgment. 
And we want to keep this in mind because that will help us. It will help us to say, God, they're in your hands. God tells us over and over, vengeance is mine. I will repay. And I've said it so many times, the best thing for us to do is when we're being attacked, stay silent and let God defend you. Yeah. God does a better job defending you than you'll ever do yourself. At least for me it's been true. When I try to defend myself, I always make it a bigger mess. When I just sit back and let God defend me, he does a wonderful job. Sometimes he goes stricter than I would ever want to see done. But he does it. And this is what this man, he says he's prattling against us with malicious words. You know, and this literally means to harass. And the word is, here is mischief maker. Have you ever known a mischief maker? They just had to stir the pot. They had to make things bad. Uh, God has a very strong place for them. They're going to reach judgment. You know, uh, I've, I've met many of them in my lifetime. You know, they're just, no matter what's going on, they've got a, a bad opinion about anybody and everything. And they've just got to make sure if anybody's starting to have peace with these people, they've got to get in there and, and give you all the bad things they think they know. And if they don't know anything, they make it up uh, to make sure that nobody's going to like that person. And this is something that's really important for us to understand. This is what uh, this gentleman's doing. And then it says he rejected all these other, these other individuals. He would not submit to other authority. This is something that's very important for us. Learn to submit. And usually when we talk about the word for submit, it always comes up with, you know, wives submit to your husbands. But, you know, it's used in several places in the Bible. And submitting to authority for all of us is very important. And we've talked about this. The word for submit is hupotasso. It means to abide under. It's a military term, and it says you just obey the person above you. And in the military, they have the saying that you, you honor the uniform, if not the person. Okay? And that person has more stripes than you or, or more, more collar bars than you do. You obey them, whether you like them or not. That's what that word means. And this is why he's telling us we, this man won't submit. In uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 16, it says that we're to submit to the elders. Okay, submit to the elders. We're told to submit to our parents, submit to our fathers. Okay, very important that we learn just to be able to look at people that have a position above us and say, I'm at least going to listen to them. And you know, for us as leaders, we need to be listening to other people because they may be telling us something very important. Yeah. I know that none of you are like me. None of you have blind spots in your life where you don't know what's going on. <laughs> okay. How many times do you have somebody who just lovingly points out a blind spot to you? And even though when they first do it, you don't want to hear it. <laughs> you might even react to them and tell them, no, don't, you know, quit judging me or whatever. But when, if you really sit down and think about it, you go, oh, I do have that problem. We all need to be willing to listen. The only thing is, if you're going to go to an elder, do it very gently. <laughs> okay. I've done that before. I've gone privately to, a, to pastors in the past. You know, usually it's because I heard something said in a message or something. And, and I would usually start it out with, I think I heard you say this in the message. Is this what you meant? And usually they'll go, oh, no, I didn't mean that. Is that really? <laughs> you know, uh, but we need to learn to be gentle. You know, if you're going to rebu rebuke an elder, be very gentle with it and make sure that you're on good footing and do it very humbly. 
and because we are to be submitted one to another. It's the same thing in the military. Uh, my dad, as a chief, used to say that he'd go, he'd talk to the lieutenants and everything, and uh, uh, and have conversations with them. But if he didn't get his way, when he went to his people, there was no argument. This is what we're going to do, and it wasn't. I disagree with this. It's like this is what was coming down. We're going to do it this way, and you know. It is important that we be able to talk with people because it's important. And that leader should be willing to listen to other people. And it does, being submitted does not mean you don't have an opinion. <laughs> okay? It's though you have yourself, I've said my piece, now I'm going to go with where you're going. And it's very true oftentimes, you know, husbands are the, to lead the family, but the wives usually are the ones that know what's going on. It's, it's an amazing thing. It's, I was listening to a pastor on the way in today. He was talking about every time he listened to his wife, he messed up. I didn't listen to his wife, he messed up. And he goes, and I know that feeling. <laughs> you know, we, we take it, and it's not every time, and I know he wasn't, he was being, you know, but you take the input, you process it, and somebody has to make a decision on where it's going. And God says, in the family, it's the husband. In the church, it's the pastor. In the government, it's the king or the president or whoever, depending on your government, they make the ultimate decisions. And, you know, we need to be ready to submit to those decisions. They're not always good decisions, but you know what? The best thing about submission is, and we'll go back to the military, if you do what you're told to do, as long as you don't do something illegal, and you're following orders, the one who's going to get in trouble is not you for following the order. It's going to be the person who gave you the order. All right. Now, if you decide not to do what they said and you're out doing something else, then you're not covered. Submission has a great covering to it. As long as it's not illegal or against God's word or anything, you just say, God, I'm doing what I was, I'm just following the leader. And again, you know, it doesn't mean go off and do things wrong. Don't, you know, we never want to go that route. But you know, if it's just an opinion on what you should be doing, you follow, you submit, you do what you're, you do what you're li being led to do and as a person above you who's responsible. So don't look at submission as a bad thing. It's a really good thing. It's a protective thing for God. It gets you, keeps you out of a lot of trouble if you stay submitted in any of our realms of submission. And in Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Submit to those who have rule over you, for they are called into account. And this is what I was just saying. You know, if you follow the direction of a leader above you, and again, not in the illegal stuff, but you're following their direction, the one who's going to answer is that leader. God's going to say, what the heck were you thinking when you did such and such, or you did a good job in that. You know, so looking at submission is very important for us on that. And then he says he forbade... He, neither doth he receive the elders and forbids them that would and cast them out of the church. This guy was bad. <laughs> okay. He says, even if there are people in the church that wanted to s listen to these missionaries, he would forbid them from listening to them. And if they did listen to them, he kicked them out of the church. This guy has a big problem with pride. And John is saying, if I come... Or in case I come, I'm going to remember him and I'm going to deal with him. Paul had serious, similar messages about different people as well. It is a serious thing to be the bad, to be the wrong leader. And one thing I've said to people, because I used to, before I became the pastor here, I used to do pulpit supply. My message big, big time was the authority of pastors. 
because it's, it's a hard message for pastors to teach because it sounds so self-motivated. You know, hey, pay attention to me. I'm the leader. So coming in, it was wonderful. And the thing that's important for us, if we have leaders that we really cannot handle, you know, leave. <laughs> you know, get out from under them. You know, and be careful. I had one church where I actually left, and I left because I didn't like what was going on in the church. And I had people, like, why did you leave? And go, God moved me on. They didn't need to know why I left. They didn't need to know all the reasons, because if, if, if they're spiritual enough, God will show them what he showed me. And they could leave without having to till, tear down that church and that people. And they go, well, well, what happened? I go, the worst case is the pastor will be stuck with the people he deserves. <laughs> you know, no, no righteous people, no nothing. We want to follow God. And this is most important that we look to follow God. And then he says at the very end of this uh, verses that we read, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that does good is of God, and he that does evil has not seen God. This is what I was just saying. Be careful who you follow. If they're evil, don't follow them. <laughs> you know, but don't go trying to tear them down. You know, go to them. You know, be very careful. Because the Bible tells us that we're not to speak to other people unless there's two people involved in that conversation. Now, when I was younger, I thought, well, God's provided a way for us to talk about that, but how do you talk to somebody to get the second person if you're not already talking about what was going on in the first place? Uh, it's very hard. You both have to see something at the same moment and kind of look at each other and say, what in the world is, is that person doing? Then you can go talk to that person, but be very careful what you're saying to other people because it is so easy to poison somebody's thoughts. How many of you have ever been mad at somebody you've never met because you listened to a friend tell you about how bad they are? You know, you know, they tell you all about the bad thing. You never even met the person and you don't like them. You might not be mad at them, but you don't like them. And then you meet them without knowing who they are and you kind of really like the person. I've heard people tell me that, you know, wow, I, I thought I didn't like this person from what so-and-so said and then I met them. Be careful what you're saying. Be careful what you're listening to. We do not want to tear other people down. God is able to give the message. If somebody really deserves a bad, bad reputation, their reputation will get out no matter what. God will show you. And it's an amazing thing. When you meet somebody and the Spirit is working with you, you know, it's wonderful meeting other Christians. I, you know, it's wonderful to go to, a, go to a someplace you don't know and you, and you just know that somebody is a Christian because the Spirit matches. And then there's other people where you just know that this person doesn't follow God with very little watching of them. Learn to discern and use it for yourself. You know, you know, a lot of people go, well, you know, I met so-and-so. What, what do you think about them? You know, probably not the best way to start a conversation. You know, I was listening to Pastor so-and-so, and he was really a great pastor. He gave a really good message. Or I was listening to this speaker on the radio. Man, you should have heard the message. You know, because people, if they're filled with the Spirit, will have discernment. That's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We don't need others telling us how bad somebody is if we're listening to the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will tell us. So be very careful about how you look at people, what you say, and what you listen to. Because the one thing about listening to bad, bad talk is even if you don't believe it, it puts a seed of doubt in your mind. Well, I always thought that person was pretty good, you know, and, and you said they did what? And the next person who says something negative about them 
adds to that seed of doubt. You know how Satan uses that kind of uh, attack on some very good people? He just uses little people to say little negative things that aren't necessarily true even. And next thing you know, you have a bad opinion of that person. You're ready to, to never listen to that person again, whatever it might be, because you started listening to negatives. Asking you don't. <laughs> if you start seeing a conversation go into a negative way, stop it. Don't participate in it. If you have to walk away, walk away. Stop the person for talking. If they want to keep talking, walk away. If they ask you why, he said, I'm not going to participate in that conversation. And just go forward from that because we are not to follow after bad things. Because if they're perpetually bad, they don't know God. And we've talked about this. How do we know that we're a Christian? I've said very clearly, if you do not have any conviction of sin when you do something wrong, you really need to look at your life and say, do I know God? Is he really in me? Because I hear from several people and myself as well, I can't get away with anything. I start doing something wrong, I may finish it. <laughs> but even as I'm in the middle of it, the Holy Spirit is there usually saying, what are you doing? Don't go this way. You know, and, or, or you get done with it and you're going, wow, why did I even go that direction? Why did I, why did I say that, that lie? Why did I say that, you know, that thing about that person? Why, you know, if you're not convicted for your sin, you need to really analyze your life and say, do I know God? Because if he's living in you and you're with him, you get convicted. It's like, all right, God, I'm watching this show. Whoa, why am I watching this show? <laughs> and if you continue watching it, you're going down the wrong place, and you should know it. You, know, you turn it off as soon as you get that conviction in it. Okay, you're following God. Be very careful. Listen to God. Follow him. Be very aware of what you're doing in the spiritual realm, because in the spiritual realm, that's the long term. That's the long term. We should be looking to what's going to happen in heaven. And if we're looking at what's going to happen in heaven, it'll make us the best citizens of this country. It'll make us the best uh, church members. It'll make us the best family members. Because if we're looking at what's going to be good for heaven, it will be good for the people in this lifetime. You know, the people will say, well, he's so heavenly, heavenly minded, he's of no earthly good. Don't even know what they're talking about. The Christian church is the reason that hospitals have come around, orphanages have come around, all these different things because we care for people. By caring for their needs, we can get them into their spiritual need. And the church is responsible for all of this happening and the growth. The re, the, all the good things that are happening is because of Christianity driving those events. And we're seeing it because as we get further and further away from Christianity, what's happening to our world? We're caring less and less for the sick. We're caring less and less for those who, who are orphans. We're caring less and less for those people that need, have needs. The further we get from Christianity, the worse the world gets. The post-Christian world is just that. And it's really not a post-Christian world. It's the same thing as it was before the Christian world. Okay. If you know history, what we're doing now is what used to happen. And it's an amazing thing that we're progressing so much that we're returning to the to the pagan, barbaric past in doing the same things that were done in the past. Nothing new under the sun, according to Ecclesiastes, and it is true. You know, we're hearing about how we're advancing, and yet we're becoming like what we used to be. You know, be ready to follow God. Seek after God. Follow him. 
And don't be looking at any of these other things. Be a good Berean. Study. Study the scriptures. Never take what a pastor, any pastor says, <laughs> at face value. Go and check it out. Is it scriptural? Because there's a lot of things that can be said that sound really good when you first hear it, but you start thinking about it and saying, hold it, that doesn't match. The Bible says this. That guy did a really good job delivering it, but it's not true. And be very careful about what you listen to, especially if you're going to listen to all kinds of different pastors. Be, be listening to and looking at your Bible. And even if you truly, fully trust that person, keep checking the Bible. Because they can get off. It's very easy to get off. There's been some really good leaders in history that started out teaching really well and then somehow left the path. And people followed them right down the path because they're going, well, I was a good Berean during the first uh, 15 years of their, their ministry and I just kind of followed them right off the, off the cliff. Never do that. Stay in the word. Ask questions. If you hear something that you don't understand and doesn't sound scriptural, ask. This is what I told you at the beginning. You know, I've gone to many pastors and I said, this is what I thought I heard you say. Is it, did I hear it right? And if I heard it right, I'd have to decide, is this serious enough to leave the church over? Uh, most of the time it isn't, but you know, there are some doctrines that are serious enough to be able to say, I've got to leave. I can't, I can't sit under this, this teaching. Most of, the time, most of the time the pastor, is that what you thought you heard? It's not even what I meant to... I didn't mean to say that. And, uh, and there's been times when, a couple of times when I've had to apologize because I've said something wrong that somebody's pointed out to me. And I'm more than willing to. If I say something wrong, I want to know because I don't want it to stand. I want it to be apologized over and corrected. Uh, because it is so important to teach. I have accountability. You know, I'm accountable for everything I teach. You know, when I stand before God, he's going to say, why did you teach this? Why did you do this? What did you do this for? Why did you take the church this direction? Hopefully I'm doing things right and won't have too many of those, but you know, there's going to be some of those, I'm sure, when I'm going to stand before God, and he's going to say, why did you do this? We need to be able to say thank you. And it's a wonderful thing. You know, I've had people ask me questions. I'm going, wow, did I really say that? And in our case, we have, it on, we have it on recorded so I can actually hear what I said. And sometimes my tongue gets tied around my teeth and I forget to <laughs> say what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, and we all can do that. So just be gentle, loving, and kind. We're going to close in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this day. Lord, teach us to watch our tongues. Teach us to be careful about what we listen to. Help us to submit to authorities and to always listen to you and follow you. Lord, if there's anybody that listens on the, to this uh, on the Internet that doesn't know you, we ask that they will recognize that they're a sinner and need you and confess that they're a sinner, knowing that they deserve hell, and ask you for your forgiveness, and then they will contact a Christian to let them know that they've made that decision and get a discipler. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.